Hey everybody, welcome to this special panel presentation. I am not in the classroom as I normally am. Rather, I'm in my office joined here by two very special guests. I'm so, so pleased to have them and I'm gonna introduce them to you in a second. I wanna say the creed up to where we are, our phrases for the week are the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. So here we go. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body. All right. We've only got two more phrases left, by the way. Next week, tune in for the stunning finale. Um, of the life everlasting and the word amen. Um, here with me in my office, I'm so pleased to have to have these two guests, both both of whom are, are my colleagues here at George Fox University. First, Dr. Celeste Jones. Dr. Jones, welcome. She's an assistant professor of clinical psychology here at George Fox University. She's a licensed psychologist. Her specialization is working with, uh, with children with autism spectrum disorder and their families. She also teaches neuroscience and the biological basis of uh, psychology um, here at George Fox. Uh, Dr. Jones, so so pleased to have you here. Thank you. Yes, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And a returning guest from much earlier in the course from Creator of Heaven and Earth. You re may remember him as our physicist there talking about the Big Bang and creation and stuff like that. Todd Curtis, um, Master of Science in Mechanical Engineering 2010 from the University of Colorado at Boulder. He is on the Faculty of Engineering here at George Fox University. We were so pleased to have you, Todd. Um, back in uh, uh, way back when when we were talking about creation and science and it's such a pleasure to have you back professor curtis thank you yeah thanks for having me excited to be here again yeah i wonder if i could ask each of you as we approach good friday and and, and easter just whoever wants to jump in and, re and, and respond um how have communities that you've been a part of celebrated good friday or observed good friday i guess we might say or celebrated easter has it been a big deal is it a special time in the christian calendar to you is it is it observed just kind of in in simple ways how how do, how do people do it where you're from? Yeah, go for it, Uh Sure. So um, I uh, I didn't really grow up in the church. So, you know, as a kid, it was like, you know, about Easter egg hunts and that kind of thing. <laughs> right. um, but uh, as I became a Christian, um, I've, I've noticed, at least in my past, many of the churches I've been a part of definitely make a lot uh, bigger of a celebration out of Easter and the, and the celebration of the resurrection and, mm -hmm. and the victory over death that that represents. Mm -hmm. um, I think, although I have, uh, there was a time that I attended a church that really, uh, I thought did a very good job of really having a very emotional and kind of uh, reflective service on Good Friday. Really, oh, really thinking about, you know, what that sacrifice that Jesus did was like and really just taking time outside of the celebration of the resurrection to really just think about mm. what he did on the cross and the sacrifice that he made and the, and the suffering and and the really the need for blood as a sacrifice and just kind of thinking about that so I, I found that actually to be a very powerful mm. while not the cheeriest necessarily <laughs> service I've been a part of definitely something that uh, a powerful way to kind of take time to reflect the cross as well yeah totally uh, I also didn't grow up in a Christian family and am admittedly terrible at um, ceremony. <laughs> so I think last Easter we um, 
I, I realized on Easter Sunday that it was Easter, and we yes. didn't even have any groceries, so we ordered pizza and invited oh. the neighbors over. Oh, wow. So we were, you know, at least in community. That's kind of beautiful. But, Hospitality. Um, we, we do, you know, read the Easter yeah. story out of, their, yeah. out of the kids' Bible yeah, and yeah. Um, reflect on it, but I really need to get myself together. I love that pizza with the neighbors thing, though, actually. Yeah. It's that should idea. become a new tradition. Yeah. In American Christendom. Pizza with your neighbors. I was thinking... I, you know, and the churches I've been to have always celebrated in very normal ways. But I think, in, in a sense, in, in churches I've been a part of, there's a tendency sometimes just to skip Good Friday completely. Yeah. Like, no, it's just like, yay! <laughs> like, life to life to life! Not like life, death, resurrection. Just life to resurrection! Like, yeah. you know, and there's a skipping. I went, I, I, one of the first years I lived here in Oregon, I went to Bend, Oregon. I just drove there by myself. My wife and, and our daughters were visiting my wife's parents in Florida. And so I was here by myself for Easter, and I didn't know what to do. And so... I just drove to this place. It's like a resort kind of mountain town about three hours from here. And I went to this random Lutheran church on Good Friday. I just decided I was going to do it. And I went there and they had they had this awesome service. It was called the Shadows Service or Tenebra in Latin. And it was like they made the church really dark. Mm-hmm. And they just made it like really depressing. And I actually, that Easter, I think that was in maybe 2012 or something like that, was like maybe the most joyous Easter I think I've had. Yeah. Living here over the past like decade almost. Just because I think on that Friday they did such a good job of like showing the depth or the depravity of suffering that, you know, I was, was able required, yeah, yeah, I was able to like re-engage um, in that sense. At any rate, um, our phrases for this week, forgiveness of sins and resurrection of the body, go really well with, with Good Friday and, and Easter and, 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 you know, you have that resurrection notion is right, right in there. I want to fixate with the two of you just asking you two questions about this on this phrase, resurrection of the body, uh, and particularly this word body. Um, the creed does not say resurrection of the soul. You know, um, Christians have traditional ideas about a soul. I'm just intrigued by this idea of the body. Like, why come around to this idea that, like, why do our bodies have to actually be resurrected? Um, like, why is why, why are our bodies in the material world so important to God? I wondered if I could ask you, Dr. Jones, from a psychological perspective, feeling free to bring to bear whatever you want in terms of your teaching or research, like, or just your work even with, with clients as a psychologist. Like, do you think that we, and I guess I don't know who I mean by we here, just people that you know, people in our circles of life generally in America, do you think we devalue our bodies? And if we do, why? Or do we overfocus on our bodies? What, what, what do you think about that? Uh, I think we do both of those things. Um, so de- in devaluing our bodies, I think when we, the thing that immediately comes to mind is when we, we think of our, of something futile, like how, how am I looking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the most important thing of all right. of these amazing things that are happening in my body and in my brain, but I'm going to I'm going to think, my but how appearance. does it look? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Instead of what can my body do for me or how? I'll be on my deathbed. I'll be like, how do I look? How's yeah. it going? Is this, how's my hair? Yeah. <laughs> and then um, probably overvaluing our bodies or um, how did you say that? You say overvaluing? Yeah, I don't know. Like whatever the opposite would be of devaluing, mm-hmm. just like treating them as though they're everything. I mean, can you over, do you think you can overvalue the body though? I mean, if, if the body is kind of like everything that we have, like our thoughts, like can you overvalue it or how would we overvalue it? I think it? other people can. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just having this thought of the Instagram feed with the like super nutritional oh, yeah. meal plate posted and mm-hmm. then the like I ran 20 miles and Oh, yeah. did yoga and right and then they have a instagram right. yoga post right and like 
we'll need to feel a little right judgmental about that well yeah and, and speaking of instagram or any kind of social media i mean the pictures that you see on there like at least of me like i don't pick i don't choose photos where i look like super like stupid or, or you know like i only pick ones at the right angles and so on and it creates like this f- fake like 2d kind of image of yeah. like what life is what i am like what a highlight reel kind of yeah like a highlight reel yeah that's fun to do you know i actually took an accidental image of myself i was af- it was after i was putting the children to bed yeah and i was like trying to see what time it was on my phone and my face yeah. was like really in consternation trying to get my phone to work and it snapped a photo <laughs> of me like yeah yeah, yeah. flash in like the how, like how you really look i was like, like yeah. wow that's yes awful and that is just the real I know it's like saying, I said to my, I was like, I remember saying in a family context, like, yeah, you know, I just take really bad photos. My uncle was like, yeah, well, that's just how you look, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's, you know, but you, you got caught in a candid moment there, you're saying, <laughs> yeah. of just like, here, here we are. I, I wonder, Professor Curtis, when, I mean, when you chose to study, when you chose to do physics as a field of study in science and engineering, there must have been something that really intrigued you about the material world, maybe not just our bodies, but even this, this cue, resurrection of the body is a cue to our entire physical existence. Like, what? I don't know what 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 fascinates you about working with things with with matter. Yeah, well, um, that's an excellent question because they're amazing. I'd say. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think for me, studying science is is really studying one aspect of who God is. You know, I think that we are created in His image, and I think the world is created by Him. And so, as I study the physical world, I think I'm studying a part of God that I can see and touch and feel every day, and I can gain uh, appreciation for Him. And I think. That's true in the physical sciences, in the physical world I see, but also the, the human body. I've done a little bit of studying of both, you know, kind of sort of biophysics as well as kind of biomedical engineering stuff and just seeing the body as, as a machine and what's going on behind or underneath or through your skin is just, it's so fascinating, the detail and the complexity and to, to think that our God created all of that, you know, the level of complexity, the fact that I can sit here and like tiny little particles we call photons of light are flying through my eyeball and impacting this little spot on the back of it. And then that turns into an image that I can see Brian's face exactly how it looks in reality, not the Instagram <laughs> post. You know, the fact that I can yeah. determine all these things, it's just, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. And I, and I think because our God created both the soul and the body, they're, yeah, definitely innately connected. And, and so for me, studying science is studying that half or that portion. Maybe it's more or less than half, who knows, but right. that portion of who God is. And I, and I love it for that. Yeah. Dr. Jones, you teach neuroscience, you teach biology, mm-hmm. these kinds of things. Like, I don't know, like what, what, what have you, what have you, to say what have you learned is probably way <laughs> too broad, but like, I don't know, what stands out to you about, about bodies that people typically don't pay attention to just in terms of like who we are physically, like what kinds of, what kind of stands out to you as a highlight in terms of what fascinates you about, about studying bodies? You know, as I was um, thinking about our panel, I was thinking a lot about um, how, there's okay we're learning a lot about the brain in the last decade or so that uh, the any output any human output any behavior or thought or or, um, or reaction that is not just happening in a structure in the brain it we are learning about the brain as a connectome and so um, it's not just about the activity in a certain structure but about the connections between brain structures um, the, the neurochemicals that facilitate those connections, the, even the ions outside of the neurons that, that facilitate communication between neurons, mm-hmm. and circuits. Things are happening in circuits. And mm-hmm. so um, 
I'm going to give you one example. When you think about trauma, and I'm a psychologist and um, see and hear about people's trauma, that um, these parts of the brain, so I think of the hippocampus as related to storing memories, um, the amygdala, it's an emotional area that is related to experiencing fear and recognizing it. Um, and those two are close to each other. Um, so that when we experience fear, there's communication in that circuit to remember this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, those are, you know, physical and having to, having to do with how our, how our brains are working and storing trauma. Yeah. Um, to the point that even if I am trying not to think about it, or I haven't thought about it for 20 years, mm-hmm. if I came upon some trigger, right. even if, I, if my mind were not thinking it, my body would respond to it right. with um, right. with a visceral stress response. Right. Like my body knows it yes, yes. more even whether or not my mind regards it. Wow. So wow. I think that speaks to the, the the power of the integrated human that we're yeah. we're integrated yeah. beings to I, physical level. I, in two thousand twelve I dislocated my left shoulder and it was like one of the most painful things that's ever happened. I also fractured like a bone that was in there when it happened. I just slipped on some grass, which is super. <laughs> and um, I, I was taken to a particular emergency room at, at Providence Hospital here in Newburgh. And every time I drive by there, I almost feel like this cracking kind of feel in my mind. Like I remember wow. it, that. But it's just your story. Just I mean, you're, you're, that what you're sharing reminds me of that feeling. Like I can just drive by there and I just look at the place and I can relive that like yeah. immediately. Wow. Any tips on how to break that <laughs> pattern? Yeah. Um, we'll schedule for a few uh, sessions. I'll come in there. I, can I ask a follow-up to you on that, Dr. Jones? I mean, and maybe this is a little bit out there in terms of spirituality, but just take a crack at it. I don't know. I'm just curious to hear what you think. Like, as a psychologist who studies the body and the mind and its connection in the way that you do, the, the mind is the body, I guess. Um, I don't know. Does it seem weird that in Orthodox Christian theology that God is promising to resurrect and restore our bodies? Like... Wouldn't it be better, I mean, I don't know, like we were joking about this, I was joking about this in class on, on Monday, like, you know, yeah, I dislocated my shoulder, our bodies are breaking down, I look stupid all the time, like, why can't we just get some souls and fly the souls away, and that would be a better notion, like, but this notion is enshrined in Christian theology, like, it's not going away, the idea that God is really going to redeem our bodies, I guess, like, I don't know, like, Reflect on that. Like, does that seem weird? This this Christian idea that God is actually going to redeem our bodies, not just our souls or some ephemeral notion of our minds. <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. That <laughs> yeah. does seem weird. It's what seems weird about that to me is that where um, where are the bodies going? Where are all these bodies? I know. And how are they? I know. Um, interacting with each other. Like, what are they doing? So it goes. If in, it's I, not on Earth. Like, if you're buried. I know. So, like, is there a place like that you could? Yeah. So, so you get buried. Maybe say you go in. in grave okay i understand mm-hmm. where the body is there but you're saying if it gets resurrected where is it going what if you're cremated D- does god just like gather up the ashes well in, in fact i mean as you may know like some christians actually have had a, a, a kind of like an ethical resistance to cremation not based on the fact that they think that god is like you know can't figure out how to get your ashes <laughs> yeah. together or if they're like try this one god yeah yeah try, yeah <laughs> figure this out but but rather just like oh okay what kind of burial would best signal a christian hope that says my body's going to be resurrected you know and i don't i don't know that i have any particular view on that so i don't have any condemnation or, or affirmation here about any kind of burial technique for you oh, audience but just as a thought like yeah yeah so like you know would cremation best express that hope in the resurrection or is it a kind of hope like 
are you almost like daring God to put it all back together again, you know? But people have, of course, died in all kinds of ways. That means, you know, people die at sea, people are cremated, you know, all kinds of things, like, or, you mm-hmm. know, in, not voluntarily, people die in fires and things like that. And so, obviously, there, there are many different ways where we can't always control. I mean, but I think the part of it that's not weird or the part yeah. that feels touching about that, um, that, the, that it's, the body is important and resurrected yeah. is the idea of the integrated self. Like we are, mm-hmm. our being is physical and it's spiritual and yeah. it's our mind yeah. and um, our being is even social. Yeah. So all of these things right. together make us who we are. And so right. we don't just erase one part of that. Right. right. They're all important to God. Mm-hmm. now and they're all important to God in the afterlife. Yeah, I mean, it, matter, it matters then, like, what I do with my body or what right. I do in this world, you know? Like, I'm not here to, like, preach some kind of sermon about eco-justice, but, like, you know, our environment, like, however you treat it or whatever's going right. on, like, it seems to matter. Like, otherwise, God shouldn't be resurrecting mm-hmm. our bodies. Right. Exactly. Like, we should just be throwing the world in the garbage and just trying to get out of these stupid bodies as soon as possible, but the creed promises that that's not our future. Uh, Professor Curtis, from a, from a scientific perspective, does it seem weird to think that the material world is going to be redeemed by God? Does that seem something like that science would expect? Does that seem natural that God would redeem the world physically like that? Um, so basically no. So like if you, if you, I mean, if you look at, at science, right, as, as odd as it is, there's actually a law that was developed originally to talk about energy and, and steam engines and the industrial revolution to help us figure out efficiencies. But it's the second law of thermodynamics, which really tells us that for any closed system, the amount of entropy, which is a measurement of disorder, so the amount of disorder there is in a system, will always increase. And so basically what it says, if you were to zoom out to like the universe sort of as your closed system, all known possible matter and energy, that it will always continue to move towards increasing disorder. And so like the quality of energy, the quality of structures, it, the tendency is to move towards death and decay. And so to me... My life is making sense. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I've just been explained. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're hip and things. That's, that's physics. Sorry. You know, you, yeah, can't, yeah, yeah. you can't violate the second law. Yeah, so, it's not coming back. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just fascinating to think, you know, that to me, the second law of thermodynamics is either A just amazingly depressing that we're all kind of the universe is destined to death and decay or B shows more than any other aspect I think of, of science the need for Christ as the redeemer you know mm-hmm. that we need something from outside of our system outside of the closed universe to be able to return us to a place of greater order to restore things to a place of higher kind of quality and less entropy in a physics term and so to me it's one of the things I get most excited to teach about because it, it shows the need for Christ more than just about any other part of science, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it strikes me just hearing you both talk, the questions about where the bodies go and then this stuff too. It just makes me think like, wow, like so much of faith is just like, it's kind of mystical, you know, not yeah. kind of mystical, but like yeah. it requires like a full lean in to some ideas that like, you know, maybe like our empirical experience in this life just could not prepare us for it very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in some ways, I don't it, know. Well, in some ways, but like if you really dive deep into science, like physics, we thought we kind of had physics figured out like 100 years ago. <laughs> and then Einstein came along and some others, and we realized pretty much everything we thought we knew were really just coarse approximations that worked at sort of day-to-day macroscopic levels. Mm-hmm. And we discovered what's known as quantum physics, which some of you may or may not have heard of. But basically, we're learning that so much of what we think we know about the universe is just a good approximation and there's so much we don't understand the fact that 
measurements are being affected by the observer is just completely counterintuitive in all of science. This idea that matter even is both a wave and a particle at the same time, it doesn't make sense. And so while <laughs> faith and things always seem sort of mystical and there's these contradictions and this sort of kind of paradoxes in the Bible and that kind of messes with us, we're finding that there's so many of those in science as well that we wow. just don't understand. And so to me, the kind of humbling aspect of studying physics really helps with my faith in a lot of ways because wow. I realize how tiny we are in comparison to God the creator so it makes the mysticism less mystical because physics is just <laughs> as mystical I guess I don't know anyway. yeah no that totally makes sense I don't, Dr. Jones would you say in the field of, of brain and body research that have we understood the brain fully are we there <laughs> I have you yeah, have. I yeah, have you have others. They're waiting for no. your revelation. I'm excited to hear publications. this. Publications. Like, is it, is it equal? I mean, these we problems. We have nothing that, figured out. Yeah, so we're far away. And, very, and, very complicated. In yeah. fact, the more we learn, the the more complicated it looks. Yeah. So The more we uh, know, we don't know. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're far from understanding. In fact, remember we used to, for I think it was in the 80s, talk about the God spot or whatever. Yeah. Like there was a part of the brain that was active when one was having a spiritual experience. Mm. Wow. We, what happened to that? It's more, it's more complicated than it looks. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's just the, that, that should just be the tagline for this, for the neuroscience course. It's more complicated than it seems that, that the ways we interact with God, um, those are the parts of our brain mm -hmm. that are involved in that interaction are similar in when we're interacting with any other. Wow. So. Man, it seems like there's so much to know. In closing here, I don't know if, 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 if either or both of you want to weigh in on this. If you don't, that's totally okay. We can just end in silence. Um, but, you know, as part of the creed, not only the resurrection of the body, but I also wanted to honor this other part of the, of the creed, this phrase, the forgiveness of sins. How is the forgiveness of sins related to the resurrection of the body? And these are complicated topics, right, that we could go into for a long time. I don't know. Has forgiveness been an important part of your Christian journey in any way? Like, do you have any kind of, I don't know, any, any reflection or story about what, what role forgiveness has played in your life or, or could play even in someone else's? Forgiveness, um, yeah. You know, Early in my faith journey, I thought of forgiveness as for the other, but um, like you would forgive someone else. Yeah, and it and it helps them feel better. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's good. Mm -hmm. But um, but now I would say, you know, middle adulthood, I have learned and and experienced a lot more how forgiveness is as much for me. Mm. Yeah. Like there's there's something different that happens in in me and in my life when. Um, when I'm able to move into forgiveness. And I also think about forgiveness as a um, practice. Like, like I continue to do it mm -hmm. in the ways that I think about that person. Mm -hmm. And um, and tomorrow mm -hmm. I will do it as I think about that person. I'm not going to think about all of the things that irk me about them, but I'm going to think <laughs> um, with grace and, and holding space for forgiveness. But it's not so much a... Um, like the healing and, and the healing nature of forgiveness and the, the magic of it even is, is not that it happens in one moment and then all is better, right? Um, but that it's a practice and it means as much in my heart as it does for the other person. I don't think necessarily that, um, you know, there's differences with forgetting yeah. and mm -hmm. forgiveness. Right. And right. I think a lot about back to how um, trauma memory is stored mm -hmm. like we remember yeah and mm -hmm. 
you know, and and as we, um, I was talking with one of the SIDI students today about as we do this in remembrance mm -hmm. of Christ, mm -hmm. um, we are remembering his trauma right. and suffering as well. Right. So, um, so forgiveness mm -hmm. is healing, and we also remember. Yeah, it's not forgetting. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, I think I don't know. Just when you ask the question, you know, kind of it made me think of a couple things. I guess for one, I think I really want to echo. So that's what you're saying about you know this idea that it's it's about healing. That it's about freedom. I think in a lot of ways, you know. And so you you talked about a lot of the imagery used throughout much of the New Testament of of this idea of slavery, right? You know, mm -hmm. and you, we read you know you can be a slave to sin and then Christ has really given us kind of right. a freedom from that, right? To And then we're still servants or slaves to him, right? But mm -hmm. then in that comes comes a freedom where we're yoked to him and so his burden is light and these different things. And, right. and to me, just such an integral part of that is forgiveness, right? We need to be able to forgive others so that we're not harboring those different things as you were talking about. And I think a huge part that is maybe overlooked a lot of times in our culture, at least I see in my students, is the ability to to forgive ourselves almost in a sense mm -hmm. and, and understand or appreciate the fact that we are forgiven and not carrying these burdens of being failures when we mess up and sin and do these different things. Yeah. I think that, you know, understanding that the freedom that Christ gives us is about our freedom and the forgiveness that, that we've taken in as well and the fact that that kind of frees us to live a life pursuing him free of joy and not, not so burdened. It really, you know, when you share that, I didn't necessarily think maybe maybe I need to do some more reflection um, about my own life personally as much in my walk, but I have a relative, an aunt, who um, had just a really hard time as she was the, uh, the only daughter of, of just kind of a, a harsh kind of taskmaster, sort of a, a mother who is a great lady, but it's just really hard for her as a, as a child. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's trauma there, which I don't mm -hmm. understand because I'm not a psychologist, but anyway. And for years and years, she just had a lot of bitterness that she didn't even almost realize. And it wasn't until she became a Christian and really felt that power, just a miraculous power of forgiveness from God for who she was as a person that her life just completely turned around. Like I, I almost don't remember my aunt before that occurred because I think I had so few interactions with her that were meaningful because she was harboring this kind of bitterness and challenge and things. But since then, it's like, she's the most fun aunt I have. And like, it's just amazing. She goes to Disneyland all the time. Just, wow. you know, she's experienced an immense tragedy kind of recently, but the way she's been able to weather that is just incredible. And I think ultimately a lot of that is a result of the power of forgiveness to lead to freedom. I'm so grateful for these reflections that you both offered. I'm so grateful that, that you agreed to come join me in my office for this strange little <laughs> conversation about the body and about resurrection. Um, Celeste, thank you. You bet. Todd, thank you so much. Pleasure. Yeah. It's so great to talk about these things. And I think you've given us a lot to think about as we head into to Holy Weekend, into Good Friday, and into Easter, and into thinking about the forgiveness of sins and the resurrection of the body. <laughs>